now suddenly public health is recommending things like glory holes and wearing face coverings and having sex outside. All of these things are now suddenly being recommended and all the kinksters and gay people are just like, woot. Hey ladies. Hey ladies and welcome back to Herspective and hi to you. I feel like we haven't chatted and like done an app and talked in so long. It feels like forever. I know it's so weird that you say that because I was thinking the exact same thing today even though we talk all the time and see each other and do episodes. At least weekly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I was thinking the exact same thing today. It felt like a really long time. I guess because we did like a combo of a few episodes the other week. So we kind of condensed our usual like schedule and programming. Uh, So it seems like it's been happening all like at once. And then we haven't done anything for a while. But we actually are still doing it the same. Yeah. (laughs) And then also I was away. (laughs) Yeah. I think because I was away and I we didn't chat a ton over the last like four days because yeah. I was away for my anniversary. I know you Quebec had City. <laughs> the best looking food pictures ever. Normally, I don't really give a shit about food pictures, but in this instance, I was really jealous. <laughs> yeah, I normally wouldn't do the whole like take a picture of my meal thing, but that's kind of like our tradition with our anniversary trips now is that like we basically just go to eat like I hashtag it eat fest because that's what we're doing we go somewhere we just eat a ton drink hang out like three to four days and come home and it's great it's like exactly what we need yeah it gives you a long time away from the kids it gives you time to reconnect with like obviously the delicious french cuisine and of course (laughs) and each other (laughs) oh oh yeah and each other it's your anniversary (laughs) yeah there's that there's that small little nugget of yeah sorry uh, i forgot about that yeah we were in quebec city it was amazing i haven't been there since i think grade eight uh i've been in montreal a couple times like like literally two other times um (laughs) over the past like 10 15 years but quebec city was a grade eight trip that that was the last time i was there And, I mean, not a ton has changed because <laughs> it's old Quebec City, but... Yeah, it's gotten older. <laughs> yes, it's gotten older, as have I. Um. <laughs> no, it's totally... Yeah, it's the same every time I go back to, but I absolutely love Quebec. And I've been to a lot of places um, in Quebec, like even really the eastern points, like Gaspé, Pierce. And oh my god, food, amazing. You know, everyone, it's still Canada, even though sometimes I've had bad experiences with the French where they hate us. But anyways, <laughs> mostly amazing experiences. Yeah, the the people were so lovely. Um, I think, you know, a, a fair bit could tell that we were tourists, like just people that were walking on the streets, obviously, the people at restaurants and shops and stuff, they knew because I 
can speak enough French to get by, but when they respond in French, then I struggle. So it's they like speak not so super quickly. helpful. Yeah, it's hard to interpret. Exactly. Like I need them to like slow it down and then Justin can't speak any French like some of the menus were all in French he's like I don't know if I want to eat here because I don't have a clue what any of this is (laughs) so luckily I could interpret it enough um but yeah the food was amazing like every meal was so good did not disappoint for our Canadians I mean I am totally promoting Quebec City and saying when you can When and if you can get there, you should. Right now is not a great time, actually, because when we were leaving, we were hearing on the news that, like, Quebec is going backwards and, like, into a shutdown again because the cases were rising, unfortunately. So for us, it was great. Got in at a good time and got out at a good time, I guess. I don't think it was really in Quebec City. It was more Montreal and some other regions. But um, still, it's unfortunate because, you know, like, they just want their economy back, too. But they also don't want to deal with the crazy, like, second wave um, as bad as it was in the first go. So I understand this decision, and uh, I don't know what that means yet. Like I said, I just was here, I was just hearing news reports. But with with all that aside, once it is safe to do so, highly, highly recommend going back to Quebec or going to Quebec if you have never been again as a Canadian because it's the oldest city in Canada. It's really where it all began. And I mean, the architecture, the old buildings, the stone, um, the citadel where like battles were fought, lost and won. Like it's just, it's really nice to be reminded of like history because it's just not part of my day-to-day life right like I just no don't... not in Toronto it's like so modern exactly yeah. and and I forgot like I mean like I said I was what 13 when I was there last and and you don't care I about those remembered. then <laughs> yeah it was just like oh like let's just run around and flirt with the boys like that's all yeah. it was yeah um, for sure. we're in a hotel and we felt so grown up um but yeah, being back at the Chateau Frontenac and like—is that where you guys stayed? Just, oh God, no! We just—I was gonna went say, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah I wish. W- last time I stayed there, we were just across the street from the Chateau Frontenac, and um, so that area obviously is like phenom. And you know what I was thinking? Last time I was there is when I um like fell when I was skiing and dislocated my shoulder, which has never like healed ever again. And remember, they had to like strap me to the snowmobile and take me down the hill is so fucking embarrassing anyways <laughs> um that being oh, said memories. i still love quebec city well it's not quebec's fault your ass can't ski no it's true it was like the end of the day i had skied a lot and i was going down the last round i just want to be fucking done i just wanted a beer or hot chocolate or something like i just wanted to be done and you know how they um what do they grate this the ski hill so we had to wait for like an hour at the top and oh I was just so pissed and then I fucking and yeah you have no patience as it is no so. and I'm having ADD anyways yeah um and then I just wanted to get down I was going so fast I like flew and then I hit one of the great lines like a divot in the ski hill and just f- like tumbled like feet overhead landed directly on my shoulder it popped right out it was it was really bad. Um, it's still fucked up to this day. But anyways, um, 
my experience was better memories yeah um (laughs) didn't didn't do any skiing (laughs) yeah it's better to be safe when you're in Quebec because god knows what will happen to you but um no still I still have great memories of Quebec City (laughs) well I'm glad I'm glad yeah I'm glad I have great memories too, new memories, experiencing it as like an safe adult memories. obviously <laughs> is so different. Um, yeah. And with like my husband, like very romantic city. So it was just all in all good. Like I really have nothing bad to say. We stayed in downtown Quebec. So we walked every day into yeah, so much walking Quebec and it was insane. Like yeah. I've walked more in those three and a half days than I have like any ever. other time yeah, <laughs> yeah like it was insane like Quebec City just reminded me so much of Europe so, and I yeah, mean that ties in with the walking as well because all you do in Europe yeah. is walk too so yeah yeah it 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 was it does remind me of Europe as well and makes me now want to go back to Europe so again who knows when that's gonna happen it's cool that we have exactly so that's why it's cool that we have something like this in our own country, like like we said, Toronto is a little bit more modern. Obviously, um, the city has become more modern, but a lot of it got burned down, the original. So it was redone and there isn't a lot of historical buildings or or anything like that in Toronto anymore. So, I mean, of course there are, but not, not the same way as Quebec has. So. No, like Quebec is just, Quebec City is just like where it all began. It's just older. Yeah, they kept they've, the cobblestones. Yeah, and, they've really maintained like... I, as much of the original European feel. Yeah, as they could. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, some of the locals were telling us, like, this is, like, original foundation of homes. It's no longer the home anymore, but the foundation was still there. And now yeah. it's been overgrown and it's got different, like, structures on it or land. It's just really cool. Like, just little details like that that you would never think about, you would never know about. Um, but, yeah, it was just all in all a great experience and I hope that everyone can go check it out as soon as it's safe to do so um the only downside was since it was our anniversary obviously I'm like trying to be somewhat romantic back at the hotel and I packed this lingerie that I bought like 10 years ago thinking like oh this will be like a fun (laughs) blast from the past haven't put it on in 10 years I was gonna say you started this by saying the only downside then you say lingerie so I'm like how what yeah so I (laughs) but now I know exactly where you're going with I put it on as a surprise to my surprise I was gonna say the surprise is on you now not fit so I have this like large like kind of like sweater cardigan and I throw on over top so I'm like well I don't even know like this isn't I don't think this is hot like it's just awkward and embarrassing and quite frankly uncomfortable so the lingerie is like a little like kind of teddy like a little slip in and it has cups though and I didn't realize like how much my boobs grew but I guess after two kids that'll happen because I've always had big boobs so I just was (laughs) like yeah that'll that'll that's normal that'll fit and oh god no it didn't so I'm like wearing this ridiculous (laughs) thing I show my husband he like dies laughing because it just doesn't fit me. Like, one tits out, I, one tits I know, tits but he in. probably thought it was hot, like, seeing tits squished in. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think he thought it was more funny than anything. So then I eventually pass out wearing this ridiculous thing. And I wake up, and it's like I was in a friggin' straitjacket because 
it's so tight suffocating yeah like i can't believe you would fall asleep i I was watching a movie (laughs) i can't imagine sleeping in any clothes let alone in that yeah well (laughs) in something that's suffocating me (laughs) i woke up to like a boob out one like under my armpit basically with like one's lost all feeling the straps (laughs) lines have like cut into my shoulders it's it was just not pretty from the start like in the garbage now well let that thing i left it in the hotel room like it was just like oh my god i don't need this did you we'll never wear it again the housekeepers are like oh god (laughs) they're like this fits me i'm taking it Oh, that's hilarious. She couldn't have left a diamond ring behind. She leaves this ridiculous lingerie behind. But yeah, no, it was, it was. I'm sure it's probably really nice. Show and a half. It was hilarious. <laughs> we got a good laugh. That's so funny. Note to self, if you have not worn lingerie in many a year, you may want to give it a try on before you try to bust it out as a surprise for your partner. Um, le- I have also learned the that the hard way, way too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've learned that the hard way as well. And I 1000% understand where you're coming from with this. <laughs> so I feel you, girl. Yeah. Um, before we go any further, I just wanted to thank our sponsors. So thank you to Intamo Pleasurables for supporting Perspective. Intamo is a company that cares and they give back a portion from every sale to facilitate free sex and pleasure education in our communities. So head on over to IntamoPleasurables.com for their full line of products and use coupon code HERSPECTIVE20 at checkout. And another thank you to Birch and Fog for supporting the show. Uh, To learn more about their products, check them out on Instagram at Birch and Fog or www.birchandfog.com. And of course, don't forget to use coupon code HERSPECTIVE20 at checkout to get $20 off your first order. And I think that also covers all of our housekeeping items. Yeah, that definitely does cover all of the housekeeping now. So we have a great show coming up for you guys. We have a repeat guest, one of our absolute favorites. And we're talking about something a little bit different. It's still COVID related. Uh, Sorry if whoever's sick of hearing about coronavirus, everyone's got like pandemic fatigue. So do we, we get it. But this conversation is a little bit outside of the norm conversations. And it really had to happen. I think that we have forgotten about this type of industry and forgotten about these marginalized people. So I was really excited to have her back on to really discuss this. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was going to say is that we hear so much on the news about how coronavirus and the pandemic has affected everybody and every industry globally. But it's usually like the same industries, same businesses, same like things that you hear about in the news over and over again. One of the things you do not really hear about is the industry of sex work. And we have Lady Pim once again joining us on the show to talk about what that looks like for somebody or people in the sex work industry, um, specifically herself and how the pandemic has completely shifted that kind of business, um, what that is going to look like for the future. And it is important to talk about it, like you said, Jess, because these people 
are your people. These are sex work people are your frontline workers. They are your retailers. They are your CEOs. And I think that's something that people also don't like to like think about or acknowledge, but they are both the service providers and the clientele. Uh, and the clients. Yeah. And it's just being realistic saying that it's they're members of society. It's people that um, are affected by so many things that go on. So it's very natural that coronavirus would affect their industry, just like many, many other industries were totally affected. Um, unfortunately, because they are, as we said, outside of the margins of society, they don't get the same support. Or coverage. Or coverage. And they're always associated with a lot of stigmas, taboos, Mm -hmm. as we will get into. So that's why we're so happy to have our very own Lady Pim on to to give us all that information because she is in the know. Yeah, she is like the best wealth of knowledge. She's such a great resource for this. And she's so candid and open. And so she actually did a uh, short... Um, I guess it's like a docu, a documentary, a documentary, yeah, yeah about uh, sex work and the pandemic uh, for Vice, which is just fantastic. And honestly, they couldn't have chosen a better person to talk to as well. So just pro- big props to her for that. And she does touch on yeah. that a little bit um, during the episode. But exactly, the biggest point here is that we really felt it was important to talk to somebody who lives and Breeze, the sex work industry, um, who is a pivotal part of it. Uh, If you haven't heard our episode with Lady Pim prior, she is a dominatrix, a pro dominatrix. And um, so she works in Toronto. And um, this is her life. This is her livelihood. And this is what she does. And when the pandemic came in, it really changed that for a lot of these sex workers. It's just like so important. And we, our feelings on everything is just like, we need to make sure that every group gets representation. And that's part of our mission with the show is like allowing um, space for certain groups and marginalized people to help help them like have a voice and give them a platform um, or an added platform to talk about their life and their lifestyle and their industry and break down those misconceptions and stigmas uh, yet again. So (laughs) without (laughs) further ado, (laughs) we're uh, really big on the big intros around here. Um, But without further ado, uh, let's welcome to the show again, Lady Pim. Welcome back to the show, Yay. Lady Pim. So great to have you back on. It's, it's been, almost been, been a, a minute. year. <laughs> yeah, we looked at, it's amazing. We looked yeah. at the date and it was like in December. Yeah. It's crazy how time yeah. just crawls Yeah, <laughs> during quarantine. It's, it's, it, we're in it a whole really different is. universe of time. We really are. Where time yeah, doesn't even no, exist. It's been a crazy. <laughs> we're in the fourth yeah, dimension. Crazy time with that pandemic. And um, that's totally kind of what we wanted to have you on so we can hear about your crazy crazy time and what's been going on with you yeah you did a a segment with vice and Mm -hmm. um talked about what the pandemic has done to the sex work industry um and we just want to talk more about that because obviously it's an industry that isn't 
forefront in many people's minds, certainly in society, I don't think. And, um, yep. you know, it's, it's, there's a bunch of different jobs and industries and service workers that are kind of forgotten about because you kind of hear more about like just the corporations that have had job losses and things like that, as well as your frontline workers, as well as like your fast food or like that kind of service industry people. But this is a whole other realm that it's just not in the media. Definitely. Yeah. And that's why I was so excited when they uh, asked to collaborate with me to write that, to write and shoot that piece, because that was all shot by me. Wow. Um, oh. Like all the B-roll and everything was all shot by me. Um, so like in my home, because that's also how you have to shoot a Vice documentary nowadays. Yeah. So. Well, first of all, congrats on Vice. That's amazing. I know I'm not the only one saying like, I love those videos. So that's really awesome. And before you get into like talking about it, can you just tell people where people could find that? Yeah, certainly. It's on YouTube. Um, I believe it's called Sex Work in Quarantine. Um, okay. If you if you Google um, on YouTube, if you Google Vice and Sex Work, it's one of the top viewed uh, videos right now. So it should be right at the top Amazing. of the search results there. Yeah, it, I couldn't believe it. When it hit a million views, I was like, what? Then it hit a two million views. I was like, what? Okay, we <laughs> have a crazy, celeb so. here. Yeah. Right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> Don't mind me, guys. Wow. <laughs> I hope you're getting paid then. <laughs> I mean, it's a documentary, so, you know, not really. Paid in exposure is a lot of what's kind of happening right now, unfortunately, for artists and people who, um, you know, are kind of in creative fields. Yeah. So it's kind of like your charity contribution, (laughs) but for a really good cause. um, It's an important topic. It definitely needs the awareness, right? Exactly. Yeah, I was yeah. on board. Um, just kind of one, number one, at that point, I was like, really looking for literally anything to do <laughs> at that point of quarantine. And then also, yeah, I couldn't, um, <laughs> I couldn't say no to that message, just let, giving people awareness of like, what's happening, what it means for sex workers right now, and what's happening with us and uh, why it's important for everyone to be aware of it. Well, it was a great piece like you did an amazing job shooting I would totally thought that vice came in and had their whole team uh like with you. I had an amazing vice person that like curated it and edited the whole thing and it was her concept um so definitely when I saw it put together I was just like blown away it's Nehi Anthony from vice uh, in New York so shout out she did yeah shout out to her so she did a fantastic job putting it all together but uh, yeah, wow. it took a lot of communicating like over, you know, remotely to, uh, you know, get what she needed out of the shots and like telling me how to become like a filmmaker, essentially. She's like, okay, for this shot, we need it like down low and you need to be doing this and we need this to be in frame and we need it, you know, so she was very uh, good with communicating nice. that to me because she is a filmmaker. She is a documentary uh filmmaker and I am not <laughs> so I was like oh yes please tell me how to shoot like something that looks good by all means well it did it did look <laughs> well good. that's very productive yeah. of you in quarantine <laughs> Props to Honestly, you. I was just happy for the project yeah, yeah. well and and the, and the project is uh, and the, that message is essentially what we want to speak to you about and um I guess you did have time to make a film essentially a documentary because um, your your 
your job industry your, your and livelihood job. yeah your livelihood was put on hold like so many others but uh tell us a bit about that I guess how is it looking yeah like the <laughs> sex work world being put on hold I think looks probably a lot different than say I don't know a corporate person being put on yeah. hold certainly yeah so for for the type of sex work that I did uh it was mainly happening in person pre-COVID. So um, I had, you know, a couple virtual sessions that I would facilitate basically by request only by people who weren't near me geographically. So I did like offer that a little bit. Um, so, so you had some when, experience. Yeah. So I had a bit of experience and a bit of interest and, um, you know, had navigated that previously. So it wasn't like the hugest change. However, I mean, to now depend um, exclusively on remote and virtual sessions and content was a totally new thing. Um, that was always something that was like, oh, yeah, I'll do it just for the clients, basically. And m- the bulk of my money was always for in-person sessions. So obviously could not do in-person sessions, So basically had to like create my own online domination business in six months. For everyone who doesn't remember, yeah, yeah, Lady Pim is a (laughs) dominatrix in Toronto. Um, Uh So of course, it makes sense that most of your clients would see you in person. It was it's like a really personal thing that you kind of just keep yourselves behind closed doors, right? Um, You and them. So uh, I guess it would be a little different to kind of transition to not being there with them? Like, did you find that you still had the same chemistry? Were you able to keep the connection going? Tell us. (laughs) Well, basically, um, I didn't, I can't actually say that I've seen my in-person regulars remotely. It was basically all new clientele. Really? Mostly. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, and what why that why I'm positing kind of why that might be and I think it's because and why it was so successful especially kind of right at the beginning is you know I have quite a following on Twitter and quite a social media following so there are a lot of people that have access um, to that through the internet but are nowhere near Toronto so when I first announced Mm. hey now I'm offering like Skype sessions phone sessions, texting sessions. Now I'm doing custom content that people can purchase, like pics and videos. Um, I reminded people that I do have a Patreon that has like some fun kinky content there. Things like, um, you know, sexy stories, like via my podcast. I also write some like sexy fiction on there, which is like available in audio ways so I think when when I started really openly advertising that people were like oh my god it's what I've been waiting for because I can't I'm nowhere near her so I can't I've never been able to take advantage of her in-person sessions and now now I can in some way obviously it's different um depending on what you're what you're kind of purchasing what kind of services I'm offering but um people finally had access to me Um, No matter where they were. That was kind of, yeah, no matter where they were suddenly. So suddenly I got like just a barrage of people wanting to do Skype sessions, essentially. Wow. Interesting. So you've 
pivoted pretty well then. I mean. Remarkably well, honestly. Yeah. And I'm sure you are one of the few, though. I can't imagine that everybody in this industry has had the same kind of success because you do have a presence already on social media. You do already have like a fan base, Mm -hmm. a following. Essential. Um, For people coming into the industry, they kind of came in and came out. I would guess like what yeah, created an OnlyFans like? for a few weeks, realized it wasn't going to make any money. And then we're like, okay, I'm going to do something else. <laughs> I'm going to try well, something else. Well, that's another thing, right? Even pre COVID, you know, obviously I don't watch any OnlyFans or subscribe to anybody's channels. Um, I'm aware of them, but I feel like that's a really saturated yeah, market now too. Like anybody and their mother can become an OnlyFans Um person I don't even know like a I I don't want to say like a star because obviously not everybody becomes one but how do you decide that you want to do that and then like build a clientele because with so many options out there including celebrities like the competition must be so high yeah you're absolutely correct it is very highly saturated um and you really have to have a mind for like entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. stuff and like PR and you have to know how to really make social media work for you and you have to know about marketing and branding and all this kind of stuff that I was very lucky since I already did have an in-person domination business essentially um and I've, I've kind of always been kind of entrepreneurial minded anyways I've owned my own businesses in the past and whatnot so that it worked for me to be able to do that. That's why I, I, I mean, I think I, that's how I attribute my success to ha- already having all those skills in place. But if you do, if you really don't know how to hustle online, um, it's going to be a lot mm-hmm. harder, like specifically for standing out in an oversaturated market. You've got to come up with something really special, you know, and really distinct, like really specific. And you got to get it the fuck out there and you've got to put in hours and hours of like time and energy into it like I'm on I'm on social I hate it kind of but I'm on social media like all fucking day I'm on my phone so as much as yeah as much as people look at it and you're like oh you take some nude pictures and sell them like you know sex work is easy that kind of a thing it's like oh girl Honestly, like, yeah, I'm at home. So there's a misconception right there. Right there, yeah. Like, honestly, yeah, I'm I'm at home on my phone a lot. So I get how that can seem like you're not at work and you're not doing work. But, like, that takes – that has its own toll, honestly, of just having to be constantly at the beck and call of, like, you know, 10K plus followers on Twitter. It's like – it it's its own type of, of work that is every bit as valid as and other types of. If work, you're not you putting know? well, social media alone is like a secondary yeah. job, right? Like just to mm-hmm. run our own Instagram account. There we're you very, go. We're barely on Twitter. We we need yeah, to have adjust. But uh, <laughs> I mean, we don't really have anything going on uh, Facebook because we just kind of focus on Instagram right now. But even just like making sure that 
we posted everything that we're committed to posting to in terms of like having our guests on and mm-hmm. relevant content and anything else that might be interesting, responding to people mm-hmm. that comment yeah. on our stuff. Like it even that is so minor compared to something like you. You're running Twitter, you're running your Instagram in a couple because you do have the podcast. Yeah. Uh shout out Bad Post Podcast. Thank um, you. Thank you. And but then yeah, you have that's your exactly... only fans like I don't oh have an God. OnlyFans, but I've got everything on Patreon um, because basically the the content that I provide isn't like fully pornographic technically. Um, it's kink content, so I can kind of like stay on Patreon. Like they're, they're okay with like a nude spanking video, but they're not okay with like a couple having sex, for instance. So I was able to right. like stay on Patreon, but that's a really interesting point. Um, that's definitely having my own podcast and having my own stage show and having to do all the social media stuff surrounding that was definitely like preparatory for me starting domination. So that for sure is where I really learned how to do it, doing exactly what you two are doing. So, well, you certainly have the skills to sell yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you've already got that creative mind. Like you said, you've had a stage show, um, on top of you do, or you did, and we can get into that too. Um, like events at like Oasis, the sex club that I'm sure is closed right yeah. now. So it's closed right now. Um, and then other like, cause you did kind of shows throughout Toronto, right? And then mm-hmm. you have your podcast. So, I mean, being someone like yourself, who's already got that creativity, the experience with branding, the experience with marketing your brand, doing your own PR, promotion, 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 like you are worlds apart from someone who's like, I think I might want to start an only fans page but i literally don't know how to do anything like okay and we know. also have to back they up. have success i still don't really know what an only fans page is is it literally just like naked photos like a bumble like a tinder um a an only fans uh, no because it's not a dating platform it's a um subscription okay platform so you provide content Um, most of it on OnlyFans is explicit in some way or pornographic in some way but there is a a good section of OnlyFans actually that is not at all that is um, not related to sex whatsoever why don't you do that why don't I um I don't yeah first of all the the platform has been completely ruined by Bella Thorne who is a celebrity that uh, decided to go on OnlyFans that's who it is Lauren we talked about yeah, her last that, week. We talked about her it's and true. we couldn't remember her name. And we were like, you know what? She's not even worth looking up yeah. because when yeah, someone like away. that does that, it's such yeah. a slap in the face to everybody else that's doing yeah. it as their livelihood that's hustling. She ha- had no business being on there. She doesn't need the money. She doesn't need the notoriety. Like, yeah, it yeah. pissed a lot of people off. Like, and I can imagine for someone who's in the sex work industry, it's like, fuck you, bitch. Like, you know what? This is hard enough. Was her photos nude or? No, that was the thing. What? So what she did was um, she committed a bunch of fraud, basically. She uh, sold, she said that she was selling nude pictures. Um, they weren't nudes. They were just like lingerie pictures that were not Dang. showing any, <laughs> ex- any <laughs> yeah, anything, basically, like her, her midriff, perhaps. But she was marketing them that they were nude. So she was selling for one picture. She was charging $200. When the person got the picture, wow. they wanted a refund because it was not a nude. So, so basically, her so selling weird. millions of dollars of these pictures 
Um, she's and, a, quite a well-known actress. Yeah. Um, and then having to, for the OnlyFans platform to have to now distribute refunds, $202 million worth of refunds to clients. It completely what? fucked up the system. So now there are a bunch of rules in place that you can only charge. Like there's a maximum for what you can charge for your content on OnlyFans. And it's only $100. Like that's like a minimum for like a custom thing that I would do for a client like a hundred dollars is literally nothing for especially like people that play a new yeah you know and the amount of work like that goes your... into content too yeah. right like it's not just a nude like i could no. take a nude right now and nobody nobody in the world is paying for it because they'd be like what is that where you have <laughs> also, lighting like, you have positioning you have outfits you have just everything there's yeah. it's a theme right there's a vibe and that takes skill and that takes time for so for someone anybody just kind of like snap a couple pics that's the difference between being successful in that realm and just being kind of like oh honey no no stop that now <laughs> just get a ring light just get a ring light um yeah <laughs> but yeah so and there are other ways she actually did fuck up that platform for literally millions of sex workers that are using it um, and that need that money because this is their job and their do. primary income. So there are a lot of rules that are now changed um, that will really, that essentially are harming millions of sex workers around the world. Well, good job, Bella. So, Way to thanks. friggin' go. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. No. Um, but you know what? I did see that she issued like an apology or something. But you know, it's, that's, I mean, I could go on a whole tangent because we talk about this a lot, just like celebrities in a way imposing themselves into like these different areas that it's like you do not need to be here like every celebrity has a podcast every celebrity it well people like celebrities are doing only fans like cardi b came makeup lines perfumes yeah a 1500 perfume lines dropping a makeup line like in a pandemic and everybody has a right to have a side job or hustle and do whatever to make money i get it but it's like could you just be a decent human for five minutes and be like, you know what? I'm I'm set. I'm a celeb. Yeah. I make a ton of money. Yeah. There's millions of other people that are struggling so hard. I'll just step back for a minute. Like I'm, and obviously not all celebs are doing this, and it's it's a, a small group. But it's like you just have to shake your head in those situations. I was shocked. Like I was, I was just like, come on. Yeah. And I mean, the whole thing is that she is, you know, currently working on a documentary about sex work. Like, so we have a non-sex worker who is doing this kind of experimental, like social experiment for this document that she's working on that is literally going to harm sex workers. Like, you've got to be the the least amount of self-aware going into that thinking that would yeah. was a good idea. Like. Bad it's, form. it's just a thing that it's like well why what why are white you know cis sec cis hetero celebrities speaking for Absolutely. all these marginalized uh folks you know why why wouldn't you have you know gotten a sex worker consulting on this documentary or being a co-producer if you really want to um you know do this documentary get a sex worker as a co-producer and then that sex worker would have been like no that's a terrible idea and this is what we're going to do instead because i actually know what i'm talking about so let the people who you know have lived experience with the thing do the thing listen to them and have their voice do it don't you know be a spokesperson for a community of people that you are literally not a part of i'm sure a lot of people will recognize that when it comes out and it's ridiculous yeah 
but you have to wonder what the intent is there like is it genuine do you actually care about this group of people do are you actually curious about them are you trying to help you know bring awareness to what they're doing and what their lifestyles are or you just like I'm a celeb I can do anything I'm also a white female like you know and like sex work sells yeah sex is fun let's talk about sex well I'm surprised she's even going forward with this after her OnlyFans debacle um like can you just get out of this world entirely what the fuck are you thinking well I guess it's like what you said is that how unaware are you of what you're doing right now it's so tone deaf like terrible yeah um but yeah so okay we just went down a bit of a <laughs> no but it's fitting <laughs> we were rubble. just talking about this last week how it's very it, annoying, it, it so. is fitting yeah <laughs> here we come full circle because we were saying it's disappointing you know there's so many people that are, have such amazing creative abilities have lots of interesting things to talk about new things new content new ideas um and you just don't get the opportunity because you cannot break through the wall well, of you wouldn't stand a chance. You re- totally. really wouldn't. Anyone would pay money for pictures of celebrities, nude or not, right? So, even if they're questionable, if it's actually them or not, they're like, well, it might be sold. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, but totally. So, well, that's like, going back to exactly why we have you on the show because you do yes. live it and you do know it and you are like a pretty big figure in that uh, industry, especially in thank you Toronto and. Uh, maybe in Canada it sounds like you're you're well known I wouldn't go that well, far where are your <laughs> but, new but clients you. coming from are they coming from like other places in Toronto or is it abroad definitely abroad mostly um that's very I'm, interesting I think the I think the people in the Toronto area were generally cool to kind of wait until I got back to in-person work so I wasn't yeah. really seeing a lot of people in Toronto virtually I think they were just gonna wait not maybe not realizing how long this is going to be but nobody um, knew how i was long just gonna, was gonna say be. exactly right like, that'll like, blow over in a couple weeks yeah <laughs> oh my god i actually said that on my own podcast i'm like next <laughs> month we're gonna not even like be talking about this i was anymore. the same i was like oh my god it'll be fine in like two weeks everyone needs to calm down my husband's like i know uh, remember when you said this i was like okay let's pretend <laughs> oh, that <God>. never happened <laughs> don't don't call yeah. me out of my shit okay yeah <laughs> Right. So yeah, so something so as I said before, like the people that are really taking advantage of the fact that I'm suddenly now like an internet dom are from places that are like nowhere near me. So it's really cool. Where's I have, like, the, yeah, where? Um, New Zealand is like maybe the furthest. Wow. furthest. But like there are all kinds of different time zones that you have to like oh, yeah. navigate, which is kind of a thing you never would have necessarily thought of. Like, when I first started doing it, I was like, great, 6 p.m. tonight. And then like, and then you get at 6 p.m. And I'm like, where the fuck are they? <laughs> they're like, um, it's 3 p.m. here or, you know, it's whatever, 11 a.m. here. I'm like, oh, derp. I guess I need to say like. He's at work. He's like, yeah, this is not the time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I've got, like, somebody that I communicate with, like, definitely on a daily basis, um, and he basically takes advantage of, like, all of the little facets of uh, content that I provide and, like, sessions. Like, he basically is doing everything, uh, purchasing everything from me for the past, like, six months. Yeah, um, and he's in BC, so, and that's a person that eventually, you know, would like to have some sort of in-person session but this turned into like a really important relationship in my life actually so I'm really quite 
grateful. Um, you know, it's a silver lining to all of this that like suddenly I'm able, able to like, cultivate relationships with people all over the world because yeah. I've definitely found that. So yeah. actually going back to like what we were talking about before in uh, regards to just like time and commitment, you're in a committed relationship and how is how does that affect that? Because you say you're online or on your phone I in am. some way or another, like way more than you were before. So is that kind of causing a bit of tension at all? Like, or is he just really supportive, understands like you still got to make money. This is how you support yourself, help support the family. Um, or or is it a challenge? Um, it's... I think it was, it's, here's the thing. So we're, we're polyamorous folks. So mm-hmm. this has kind of um, been navigated already, like as far as poly stuff goes, like as far as like okay. communicating with your other partners and stuff like that. So we already had some like good established boundaries surrounding when, you know, when and how, we can communicate with other people while still being respectful, you know, in a room if we're doing an activity together or something like that. Like we all, we already have established boundaries um, surrounding communication with other people. That's very important. I'm sure. Yeah. So, but I can imagine with people that didn't already have stuff like that in place, it would have been a challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also that's the added thing of like, well, it's my job and I'm getting paid for it. So I can't, you know, I don't really feel like I can as easily shut down something, say if it's an inappropriate time, me and my husband are about to sit down and watch a movie, for example, and then somebody offers me like a gig for like a good amount of money, you know, we might change our plans. Whereas like if my other partner just texted me and wanted to have a phone call, I would be like, oh, hey, we're just sitting down to a movie. Can I call you after? Right. And that would be fine. So it is a little right. different in that way. It's like, um, you know, so it, when the work is there, most of the time, um, and up to a point, clearly, but most of the time, you kind of yeah. got to take it. So but that's typical with all work, I think, in relationships, most people, if they, you know, may, even if they're not doing what you're doing, um, work comes first a lot of the time. So I yeah. think that makes sense, because that's what's paying your bills. Yeah. And especially like I'm the one working right now. So he's not working. Ooh. So it's like, I'm the one bringing in all Soul of provider. the income right now. He's like, sugar mama, no problem. Yeah. He's like, we go watch a movie tomorrow night, baby. <laughs> yeah. but, but speaking of polyamory, the thing that actually has been working out really well for us is that like, my husband goes to his partner's house for basically like half the time. The three of us are in a little bubble, right? So he goes back and forth Mm -hmm. depending. So basically I have it organized that like when he's not here, I'm working like all the time. And when he is, when he is here, I'm barely working. So it's actually worked out really well to be able to have alone time and couple time. So does he and you each have another partner? Yes, we do. Yeah. I when do you find the time, okay. though, for the other partner yeah. also? I mean, <laughs> that's some serious balancing yeah. skills that you have. It can be. Yes, it can be difficult. So, I, I mean, my partner I only see in person like maybe once a month for like five days I go there. Um, oh, wow. So that's kind of the frequency with that. But, um, yeah, my par- my um, my husband and his partner see each other fairly regularly because I said, as yeah. I said, we're in a bubble. So he just kind of goes back and forth every like three or four days. So 
Do you know his other partner? I do. She's lovely. They've been together like three and a half years at this point. So I definitely know her. She's great. So you found a way to pivot your business, like seemingly successfully. It's amazing. Very resourceful of you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I think I was set up for success. um, Just you know, without even knowing it with all the, the other things that was that was going on in my life had kind of prepared me for that this yeah. moment, you know? Yeah, who would have known this would happen, but it's good that you were able to. But what about other people in the industry, you know, and other different types of sex workers? Colleagues, well? friends. Yeah, colleagues, but not just dominatrix, uh, other dominatrix, other type of sex work as well. Do you, what do you, what, what are they doing? What's going on with them? Yeah. yeah. Um, we're all kind of dealing differently, you know, depending on a lot of different factors, like whether, you know, what is our personal financial situation, mm. right? Like I was, I'm very lucky that I'm not, you know, completely, I don't completely have my back up against the wall as far as finances go. I've got a bit of a savings, you know, happening. Although I do have a mortgage, so there's that. But, you know, we all have different situations, right? So, for instance, some in-person sex workers could not stop doing sex work this whole time. And how is that happening with COVID? Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, some some people simply could not afford to stop working. Because as a sex worker, you can't exactly apply for CERB you know, and get the CERB benefit. I was actually wondering that if that was a possibility. There was something that was offered as far as sex work goes. But for instance, like I didn't apply for it because, you know, for sex workers, we kind of operate in a gray area legally. Mm -hmm. So most of us are going to, if we have a choice, we're going to stay under the radar legally. Right. So that's not something, even if you might kind of apply to whatever sex work grant that was happening during this time, most people weren't going to do that because it would potentially put them on the radar, you know, um, for for being a sex worker. So if you're not a person that, you know, is actually legally a sex worker and you're filing taxes for all your sex work income, which up until this point, I haven't been, I'm going to have to start when I file for my 2020 year because I I don't have a job, another job this year. So I need to figure out exactly what I need to do to do this legally. Um, but a lot of people, that's going to be a super scary thing to suddenly like tell the government you're a sex worker. That's not something we can do in general. I don't feel like there's a checkbox on, you know, your, your T, yeah. T. Like what? I yeah. thought she was working in retail. Your T3. <laughs> right. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Check sex work. Yeah. yeah that's me. Dominatrix. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> other. Doesn't exist. Right there on the yeah, other. government documentation. Other. <laughs> Um, which is, which is crappy though, because it is is a business. It is an industry, industry. huge industry, obviously. And it just further shows that you're just not represented. No. Yeah. And I mean, so some people, as I was saying, some people could not stop like ever. 
some people tried to pivot to online the online platform and just found that they couldn't uh, for a lot of factors. Some people just didn't had literally no interest and like, you know, didn't want to whatsoever because it's so very different. Yeah. Um, for a lot of us, you know, um, we have certain disabilities. Uh, we have certain uh, mental health capabilities. And um, doing online sex work is like a shit ton of emotional labor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very difficult. And um, some people just don't have, as we mentioned previously, all of these skills that you need to really succeed um, doing online work. So unfortunately, a lot of people just kept doing kept doing it and trying to navigate like harm reduction as best as possible. For some people, I know I have a couple friends that did take a break and uh, have gone back to like, for instance, full service sex work. And they found that trying to do even more harm reduction, because we're used to doing harm reduction as far as like, um, for instance, like protection goes, like condoms and whatnot do, in a session, to have to do now even more harm reduction by like, for instance, putting, like having them wear a mask the whole time, uh, like having to say no thermometer. kissing, for instance. Yeah, having to take your temperature beforehand or tell me where you've traveled or um, who you've been in physical contact with. Like all really of so these sexy. are just... Yeah, and it's just more and more in a la- emotional labor for the sex worker yeah. to do. And some some of my friends had tried to do that um, and just given up. Well, it's because scary too, it's I'm just, sure. They don't want to contract. And they-, and they need to make money so they can't yeah. be putting up even more boundaries to their clients. Yeah. Because they can't afford to have clients refuse their screening protocols. Um, needs and yeah. and also like i mean it's a huge trust factor there too yeah who have you traveled exactly. out of the country who else have you been with have you come in contact with someone who may or has had covid if, if there's yeah. individuals yeah. that are seeking this kind of service out and it's a like maybe it's a very serious need for them it and we'll get into this too it's part of their like um therapy or helps with their mental health uh right they might not tell the truth because they really want it they they need it yeah yeah and even something as small as like oh well i kind of just felt a tickle in my throat that morning so something as small as that it's very easy to just like be like oh i've been waiting four months to see this sex worker she's finally back to work and you got a tickle in your throat that morning. What do you do, right? So yeah. what, what a lot of um, sex workers had done when they were going back, um, and a lot of them are still doing, is seeing people that they know and trust already, mm-hmm. like clients that are regular, have been regulars of theirs for, um, you know, some amount of time, because there's a much higher percentage that people are going to be truthful and forthcoming about information like that with somebody that they already have some sort of emotional invested interest in. Yeah. Um, Rather than, you know, just a stranger, it's a lot easier to just kind of not see them, especially in the sex work uh, industry, not see them as a person who is contact with in in contact with maybe immunocompromised people in their life, elderly folks, like on and on and on. You're not exactly 
thinking of that a lot of times when you're seeing a sex worker. No. Just a one-off. Yeah. Kind of totally. Thing. And that's the crazy yeah. thing. There's so many like arms to this that you've mentioned that I would never even think about. Yeah. What about the other people in your life that maybe... Well, you have to add them into your bubble if you're going to be seeing them. So No, but I'm talking about, for instance, like uh, Lady Pim said, is... Uh, potential compromised immune systems and um they maybe people don't even know that this is something that you do um or have in in your life like uh, participate in any kind of sex work activities so it's not like you can be like well you know today i did this with this person like it's it's private or but like again if it serves a need how do you kind of like adhere to the rules of both sides of it, right? And exactly, both for the client and the worker. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough when what you need for your mental health doesn't necessarily fit into other parts of your life. Uh, it's hard to really justify that during a pandemic sometimes, right? Yeah, like when you think of like if we're talking about like mental health kind of upkeep, and that might be a driving factor for clients to see sex workers. I mean, right now is a time where we need. Our mental health upkeep to be happening. So to suddenly have, if you see a sex worker in person regularly, um, that could be a huge blow, like a huge dangerous blow to your mental health as a client. Such a catch 22. It's, it's. It probably opened up. And it was probably opened up other doors. Like maybe one spouse wasn't aware that their spouse went and did these things. And now they're in quarantine and lockdown together where they have all the time in the world and they don't know why they're upset or they don't know how to, you know, even if their, um, their go-to is online, privacy, yeah. it's hard to like break away and get that. Oh, definitely. Fixed. Yeah. Privacy yeah. is a huge thing, uh, that I yeah. deal with, like facilitating online sex work, like, it's it's kind of, I mean, I've grown to kind of work with a little little better, but people asking for like a really last minute sessions, you know, um, like I would never take a, f- a same day session at the beginning. And then I kind of learned to be like, oh, no, for some people like to be able to have access to this service. I gotta work with like their last minute scheduling. This is the only time because they it's have the, that yeah. privacy thing. Exactly. Like I have a I have a disabled client that you know, is with a caregiver pretty constantly. So, you know, he's got to text me to be like, hey, my caregiver is not here for two hours this afternoon. Like, can we please do this? Because he literally it has no other access to physical touch um, or any sort yeah. of, you know, yeah. connecting with his kink or his sexuality or anything like that. He does not have access to it. It is. It's so sad. You know what I heard today? I was listening to the Girls Gotta Eat podcast. Shout out to them. Um, uh, and they had Guy, um, oh God, I forget his last name, but he was a psychologist and he was talking about how loneliness is um, so, I'm, I'm not going to even quote it because I can't, but it's so detrimental to the health of a person. Um, it, it like your brain when you're lonely is, is inputting it as like real physical um, pain. It, it's the equivalent to yeah. that. So going through loneliness and things like that, even if you're around a bunch of people, the way that you feel connected could be many things. So um, if you need your connection, you got to do what you got to do, right? Totally. So yeah. And I think it's good Im- that you are there to offer online options for them. Yeah. And I think it's important, like what I kind of found through this is, you know, I 
have the privilege to be able to take a break from in-person sex work and do the online thing. And like, luckily, you know, and also like that's white privilege happening as well. Luckily I was able to actually make a good financial solid go at online sex work, but it's really important to not judge sex workers that had to be working this whole time. And also just Mm -hmm. along the lines of what we're talking about to not judge clients that, um, couldn't take a break from in-person sex work. Uh, during this time or clients that you know need to connect in other ways like virtual and online despite being having this no privacy situation like it's very important to not judge uh folks for all all of those well this is a judgment-free zone for sure and 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 this is another reason why we want to talk about this because i feel like people wouldn't even think about something like that and yeah for from just like you know generic society if they heard someone say like well you know i need to see my sex worker i need to see my dominatrix like i i I need it i need it people would be like well you're a freak or you're a pervert or what's wrong with you can't you just like not like yeah have sex with your partner or go like a friend or something like just kind of that immediate like lack of understanding and judgment yeah yeah i mean i had i had i have somebody who i've been doing Skype sessions with for like once a month and she's the loveliest. She's, she's just going through it right now and is finding that she's just needing kink so badly right now. And I understand because I'm like, that is how you cope. That is how you express yourself. That is how you, you know, unleash all these repressed emotions and that's how you reconnect with yourself so to have that taken away um during a time with like yes it's the pandemic but she also has some other serious life shit going on in her life right now um you know and just craving kink so badly right now as as therapy well i'm like and that's and that's why because you're going through like a serious trauma right now so of course you're like she's like and i i don't know why i'm like you know i'm thinking about kink at a time like this it's just like what is wrong with me and i'm like no 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 you're you're like you're searching for ways to deal with what's going on in your life that's why like don't feel guilty or shameful about thinking about you know, kink scenes that you just wish you could be doing right now when you're going through this traumatic time in your life. That's that's exactly why it's related. It's very specifically, distinctly related. Well, last time you were on the show, we did talk a lot about how your work is a form of therapy for a lot of people. Um, so, of yeah. course, that, that need isn't going to go away, especially now. And I think a lot of people could really vouch that the pandemic takes a huge toll on your mental health and it's been tough. So of course the need for your clients would still be there. Is this something that like the online, like, are you looking forward to getting back to in-person eventually, or do you want to stick with this so you you can have a greater reach? What are you thinking? I'm going to try and do both. um, Because as I said, I've like cultivated these relationships with people virtually. Right. So I don't feel like morally I can just be like later, (laughs) like, Because I've been, you know, for some, a handful of people, I've been like a really big part of their lives for the past six months. Totally makes sense. um, I have another client who's an essential worker, like a medical worker. So um, he has enormous stress in his life over the last few months. And it's like, 
the one thing that he can do to just like, you know, decompress, give him <laughs> decompress and just give him hope, um, something positive in his life, um, encouragement to just like keep fighting. You're going to get through it. Like, you know, just again with the coping thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I couldn't in, in any feel ethical in any way, not continuing to do uh, some of the virtual work that that I do continue doing that so I will it, it I for sure won't be able to do it in the way that I do it mm-hmm. now like I'm yeah, literally capacity. on my phone as I said sun up to sundown yeah I could not so I'm gonna you know find a balance I'm very lucky that when I do return I'm gonna now have two income streams I mean that's yeah that's a silver lining for sure. of this whole thing. For sure. And business is bound um, to boom in person when you haven't seen everyone in months. They're like, get me in. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. So I have actually planned out how I am going back. Um, wow. Because basically the people in my life that I mentioned, like my partners and, and metamors um, as well, you know, I want to have their safety like at the forefront of my own and my own physical safety as well. So basically what it's going to look like is I'm going to work three, a three day cluster monthly. Okay. And I'm going to work for three days and I'm going to do a bunch of appointments over those three days. And then I'm going to isolate for a week after. Like Um, just with your husband? No, just by myself. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he'll be at his partner's house. And then I'll re-enter the bubble after a week if I have no symptoms. So that's right now what it's looking like. So very soon I'm going to be starting that, actually. The end of September, I'm going to be trying that out for... Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, Nervous as well. But I also... I'm doing this at a point where it's like, I don't know how long... Like, maybe I'll only do this for two months and then things are going to be shut down again because... Who knows? Who knows (laughs) with the trends. So I'm I'm okay with that because, again, lucky me, I have this online thing that I can resort to if needed. But that's that's kind of the setup. And then your week... Yeah, your week alone, you'll have more time to do your online again. Yeah, it's fine. I'm fine with a week alone. I can do that. No worries. (laughs) (laughs) Don't blame you there. What about when you're in person? Will you do, will you like wear a mask? Will you take temperatures? Will you do things like that? Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm doing mass mandatory sessions. So both of us mask on the entire time we're in the room together. I'm only doing one client appointments. Like as we spoke last time on your podcast, sometimes I facilitate couples and whatnot, multi people Mm -hmm. sessions. Um, or even duos like me and another dominatrix would dom somebody. So none of that. It's just me and one person mask one the on whole one time. One on one. I'm going to wear my, um, gloves as well. Like I'll wear, let I'll alternate between leather gloves and latex gloves. Um, it's all part of the outfit. It kind yeah, of, it's, say, that's a really funny thing. Pl- this it's kind of works. play into people's theme. Yeah. <laughs> It'll like, be fine. Their fantasies are really going to yeah. be fulfilled with this whole style. Right. Like, yeah, it takes the doctor fantasy to a whole nother level. Definitely. Even <laughs> or like a like, masked person. A, anonymous. Like maybe you're, like, yeah. maybe you're a yeah. robber yeah. or something. An executioner. I don't know. Am I getting too dark? No, that's um, totally get it. Creative. Like, <laughs> yeah, Laura. Just put a hood on them. Just put a full face hood. They don't even need to see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or on you. I know. You're, you're no, the executioner. They want to see you for sure. <laughs> 
But yeah, so all that's going to be not a fantasy of mine, people. This is not a fantasy. Yeah, it is of mine, so I'll say that. Oh, okay. Lady Pim. Perfect. I mean, basically everything. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But it is interesting, though, a conversation um, to have, like, the types of sex that I don't know if you've read any of like the information that like public health is coming out about like safer sex options and COVID it, a lot of the things that they're suggesting are actually kind of kinky and actually kind of gay. So all of really, all of, this, all of these types of sex that, um, you know, most people kind of look down on and there's a stigma on now suddenly public health is recommending things like glory holes and wearing like face coverings while you're having sex and (laughs) and not having sex face to face and having sex outside like all of these things are now suddenly being recommended and all the kinksters and gay people are just like perfect we were doing it the whole time and and it yeah they don't have to change and it's so true like as far as like i was saying before like sex workers are very well versed in using ppe like so we're very like basically we power wash a whole room in between clients already we are already doing that we're already so adamant about protection so we have the tools to have sex in a safer way and it's, right. it's just kind of interesting that now everybody's looking to, you know, queer sex and kinky sex and sex workers. And we're all like, what? No big deal. We got this. As per the government. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see like um, that. I forget her name. This is terrible. But the woman that is advising us on all of our, you know, what what can be done safely and her what can't be done. Her name is Dr. Tam. Yes. That's. Isn't it Sandra Tam? Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, I would love to How see her say. How do we not know say... her name? <laughs> Can't believe we've forgotten that. I've only she's only been on the news every day for seven months. <laughs> but I would love to see her be like, um, okay, so if everyone can just find a glory hole, that's probably the best bet. Slap on the mask. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to hear her say that. One on of her CP24 addresses. Yeah. yeah. So we're advising glory holes. Uh, That's one literally of the top ways to say safe. The information that came out of BC, like literally pu- public health of BC came out with recommending glory holes. It's brilliant. I was like, this has got to be a joke. I'm like, oh, no, it's actually, <laughs> it's actually legitimately joke. serious. They're re- recommending glory but holes. I'm what, like, I love it. Like in I what capacity? It. Like you just go to a gas station and find a glory hole? <laughs> no, do you carry like a board and drill a exactly. hole in it and like bring it with you? Oh, they offer no <laughs> practical resources beyond recommending glory holes. Glory Don't holes, get me wrong. Say nothing more. <laughs> like what glory holes? Where are you getting them? Are you get? is it like in your home? Like yeah, from, exactly. you know, your office to your bedroom wall maybe they have like, a portable glory hole situation that they'll start selling yeah part of like, ppe i mean literally <laughs> like that only led to people trying to make glory holes and like hurting themselves or like for trying sure. to do it with like a sheet for instance which like wasn't what they meant like so you know that information no. <laughs> can be kind of harmful as well but <laughs> you go to someone's house and you see like a hole cut out of their sheet yeah. like, <laughs> what's you know that what you're for? doing <laughs> 
The oh government's going to start running, like, you know how we they have safe injection sites? It's going to be safe glory hole sites. Yeah. I would somehow honestly, they're going to That's just a waste profit. of soccer lounge, let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. Like, fair. <laughs> if the government monitors, just takes that over. PPE monitors, it's great. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So I, I did want to ask you, though, do you, within your community or within um, your industry, have you heard if uh, people infected with COVID-19, like, is it focused in that kind of line of work or um I haven't heard it's of kind like, of luck of the draw. The only thing the that I of kind of heard of, um, which I'm sure you did as well, was there was a breakout in a strip club in Toronto. Yes, the brass rail. Yes, at, at brass <laughs> rail, exactly. So that was... We did hear that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure you read all the comments too of all the people talking about dirty horrors, right? When Of course. Me, of course. Meanwhile, um, you know, as I said before, we're... Sex workers are the ones who recognize that their physical health is directly related to how they can perform their job. So we are going to be more careful than the regular regular folks, it's clients that we kind of need to focus on, right? But, but that's um, just typical. That's people trying to hide that they were going there or yeah. that they have an interest in that or that they're patrons like that's just that I mean, kind people of are like, looking for oh, a scapegoat I, for this exactly right? so if it Absolutely. can be a sex worker of course they're gonna do that right for my sure. buddy made me come and it was this fucking bitch and like yep. it's just that's and i'm not trying to put it all on a man or anything but no but it's know, men's it, fault <laughs> yeah <laughs> But it's I will. I'll put period. it on a man. Um, but yeah, I've... Be- it always is. Yeah, always, always. Um, Sorry, guys. Yeah, my, my full-time sub in BC that I was talking about. I, everything is his fault, and he knows it. That's just... Anything yeah. that happens in my life, I'm like a broken nail. <laughs> like, your fault. Um, Way to go, buddy. Way yeah. to go, yeah. <laughs> um, Poor guy. <laughs> he's fine with it. Um, he loves it, trust me. Um, but yeah, that, that's bad. only... That's the only instance that I've really heard of like any uh covid stuff happening being transmitted between like a sex worker and a client and like getting beyond that that's basically the only place i've heard of that yeah i haven't heard either um no anything else besides that but i mean even when it broke out at the strip club it could have been between the patrons like you know what i mean it patrons 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 patreon (laughs) patron yeah. I always have one word per episode. I'm like, how do I say that? <laughs> um, between the patrons. So um, I feel like that would have been a misconception, though, too, because people probably would assume that in the sex work world, well, it's right. just going to be running yeah. rampant COVID everywhere. And, everyone's yeah. infected. And that yeah. maybe hurt the business too. make it like those that would make that assumption saying like yeah. well of course it would now brass whale is known as the covid spot right yep, yeah exactly. and and there's always this weird like idea that sex and it's like it's dirty like you're associating right. anything sexual with also being unclean and i don't like because i don't right. mean dirty as in like kinky dirty i mean people would asso- associate sex workers with being unclean unhealthy maybe like because it still yep. has the stigma around it that Ew, it's gross. And obviously not for those that indulge in um, the services, but for people that or don't and don't understand it aware. or are just too, like, thick-scald to even think 
like rationally um just Mm -hmm. assume like well of course it's gonna COVID's gonna be crazy in the sex work industry because everyone's dirty and no one cleans and no one takes care of themselves where it in fact as you've just said it's the the complete opposite and you're probably much much more hygienic than many and you're much more suited for dealing with the pandemic and everything else you already have all the gear (laughs) right and yeah it's funny actually uh when things were um, kind of scarce, like latex gloves were really scarce. Yeah. Um, like, like, you know, hospitals were running out of PPE. So actually a bunch of Toronto dominatrixes uh, were donating all of their med fet, like their medical fetish no uh, stuff because we got masks, we got gloves like out the Wahoo. So a lot of, uh, a lot wow. of Toronto doms donated their PPE. And I wonder how many people actually know that. And I don't remember hearing on I the know, news that just gave me a big thank you so to the Toronto doms or sex workers that donated. I'm right? sorry, yeah. but like Where's that story? shout yeah. out because that should paint a completely new picture too. Like, People need to realize you're humans, you're wonderful, beautiful, kind, lovely souls. And this is the sort of thing that you would also do. Like you still help out your community, your city. um, And and that should have been recognized. I think that deserved acknowledgement. So I'm glad you said that here. Yeah. Thank you so much for telling us that. Yeah. I mean, thank you for telling us everything you tell us. But But also that. That's a good one too. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to talk to you also about the financial side of things, though, because obviously it's all cyclical. Like if people aren't buying the services, then you aren't making any money and lots of people lost their jobs. So are people still like, you know, do people make concessions? Like, is that sort of like, I don't care, I will find the money, like I need this or are a lot of um, sex workers seeing that big decline? Not just because they have Uh, to because of the regulations, but just because people are like, I don't have the money. Yeah, that's the other thing of um, that. I don't know if it came up in that Vice Doc or not, that one of the things I was thinking of when going to online work is that people don't have disposable, disposable income for a luxury service like sex work, you know, like an online domination session. That's technically like a luxury service, which... People don't have extra money for that right now, right? right. So I personally, um, I personally think people are being more generous with their money than ever. I don't know. I'm finding the complete it's opposite true. happened. My friends who are servers, uh, we thought that their tips would be like dramatically decreased going back after COVID, and they're just making the same amount of money with even half the patrons. There. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Patrons. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to insert that word in every sentence going forward. But no, because I think people are extra generous right now. Um, People missed going out. People missed um, their, as you said, luxuries. So they are willing to spend the money for it. And I guess some people saved some money too, right? Like I've certainly saved quite a bit from no commuting because typically I would have commuted to my job, which was a like an enough of it expense to notice the difference. It is a huge expense, um, especially from you going from Pickering. Yeah, into downtown and back wow. every yeah. day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People that have children that were in daycare that maybe weren't in daycare anymore because, well, for all the obvious reasons. Uh, yeah, like gas, everything. Like there's expenses. Uh, just 
and going out as often, right? Like doing the Thursday. Yeah, I'm personally Sunday. spending like no money right now. Like I don't do shit. I'm not. I'm not spending anything. And I, I mean, I know there are actually, obviously a lot of people that are just not working right now and they're on CERB or something like that, that they, that they don't have that. But there are also a lot of folks who are still working their full-time job just yeah. from home now and actually saving a lot. Um, and then the other thing we mentioned um, that, you know, for folks that feel like, uh, you know, purchasing sex work services are like an essential thing mm-hmm. for them, like maybe for their own mental health. They're they already have a budget for that. And they're kind of going to find money for that because they view yeah. it as being very important. So, you know, for they're sure. going to they're going to do their thing with their funds to be able to take part in that. Well, that's good sure. to hear, actually. So would you say like you've been really lucky, I think, or, you know, not lucky because you work at it. So you've been working really hard. Um, but what has been the biggest challenge for your business throughout COVID, would you say? Um, I think just finding a balance. Um, I'm I'm a workaholic anyway. So I can very easily just never stop working. So I think of me finding balance between, um, you know, still trying to do some like COVID safe social stuff, like for myself, like I can very easily also just um, be an introvert and stay at home all the time. So I think that's very easy to do, especially when you work from home, like I can very easily just be alone in my condo and never leave. And that's not exactly the best thing for my mental health. So the struggle for me has been, you know, making myself reach out to, to friends, to family, getting outside, you know, safely, how much I can um, kind of encourage myself to do that. Um, And, you know, stop this stuff, like just like doom scrolling, you know, on Twitter, I find myself doing that a lot, because I work on Twitter a lot, you know, like me engaging a lot on Twitter is part of my job. So that can very easily turn into just like, mindless scrolling for hours. hours So I got to really give myself I had to really give myself strict boundaries um, on that. And then, you know, also developing boundaries between online clients like as I said before I'm kind of at beck and call 24 7 to whomever on the internet um I've had to develop um boundaries surrounding that like that I don't need to I don't need to be on call 24 7 like I have off hours I can have days off I can have off hours um I don't need to respond to everything instantly like and once I started kind of doing that in a more realistic way, I was like, okay, this feels better. It doesn't feel quite so stressful that I constantly right. have to be like checking everything, but getting back to everything so quickly. I'm like, no, yeah, it's a drain. Yeah, it's such a drain. So I think more than anything, stuff surrounding that has been a struggle for me. Okay. And then keeping on the same track, but being gratuitous, what's been the best part about it? Oh, um, I think connecting with people that are not geographically close to me, like having that opportunity suddenly come up where um, I I have some fantastic regular clients that are like nowhere near me and um, they give me a lot of money and they're lovely to hang out with. And that's just a lovely, I mean, what a lovely exchange, you know? The the best exchange, actually. (laughs) Really, the exchange that I would like. And and really just like. Give me money to hang out with Yeah, I know, right? 
It's kind of I ideal. should try that. Start um, charging people. And just the f- just, oh, just my to God, hang definitely. out with me. Um, <laughs> yes, I mean I do. Yes, you do. You <laughs> do a lot more. Now, just also, going forward. though, in those hangout sessions, <laughs> I'm I'm not going to do that. Not always. Not always. A lot of times we just sit and chat. As I well, wanted to ask but... about that. Actually, is because you're more virtual or exclusively virtual for some people. Is it just that too? Like, are people just? I just want a connection with somebody, maybe somebody I don't really know or somebody that doesn't know me um, so I can be myself or talk however I want or express things that I want, but not in like a way where you're looking for a therapist or some like a professional in that realm, but just somebody that you're just looking for that the companionship social time. Yeah. Or the, yeah. I do find that a lot of like Skype sessions tend to be um, me just holding space for people to express themselves. Um, anytime where as like you're doing a Skype session, anytime where I think I feel like, oh, I'm just like not being as active as I could be. Like, I just kind of feel like I'm just sitting here kind of watching them practice their kink. Um, sometimes I would feel like early on, I would feel kind of self-conscious about that. And I'm like, oh no, I need to like insert my dominance more or insert myself into their kink or into the scene more. Um, But then I began to realize how valuable it is for people to just, for me to just hold a space for people to openly express whatever Mm -hmm. it is, like their gender or their sexuality or a a certain kink, Um, for just me to hold space for them to practice it in whatever they, whatever way they would like to. So um, that's huge for people, honestly, especially for folks that don't get to do that on a regular basis, or they can't be open, say with their partner or you know, just anywhere in the regular life with friends or family or anything like that, stuff like that. Something so simple. Like I really can just sit there and do very little. Um, and they're getting very, um, very positive, a very positive experience out of that. That's amazing. And again, it just blows my mind. Like the services that you provide are so important to people and necessary for some people and you are allowing people to be themselves and open up and and give them that space and that's a beautiful thing because it's a it's another thing that people wouldn't think about like we all always kind of just go to the quote-unquote norms right like well we'll talk to a therapist well that's not what I need I need different things I need to express myself in certain ways very specific ways um and so that goes back to the importance of what you do and what this industry is about yeah definitely and I mean well said thanks guys yeah definitely good job (laughs) and like not to say that doing a scene that is like the dirtiest raunchiest weirdest type of a scene can also be like just as valuable because it most certainly 100%. can be, you know. It, I think it's about the expression, right? Definitely, yeah. Like doing, being an absolute slutty mess um, on the internet is all can also be super valuable. So I wouldn't, I, I would not, not that, I <laughs> knock that either. No, and that's the whole point. Is that. like that's amazing. Just be yourself. And when we were talking about people being more generous with their money or less restrictive, maybe it's because this pandemic has shown us that life is too short and you only get one also. There you so go. So live. Do live you. a little. Yeah, baby. Like go out there and live maybe the way you didn't live before. Um, 
go out for those dinners, go out for wine nights, all the ones that we've all blown off or made excuses for just flat out lied like, oh yeah, I'm sick or I'm not feeling well or I'm in bed when you're not, when you're doing the like rabbit hole scrolling on Instagram, that's all you're doing. is all you're doing. (laughs) I feel called out right now. I feel right called out. Me too. When you were saying that, I was like, oh God. Oh, she was talking about herself there, Lady Pim. Don't worry. These glasses that I'm wearing are blue light glasses because I've spent far too much time doing nothing. She has lasik eye surgery. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. But no, but yeah, it's just like everybody has a place and everybody serves a purpose and we just need to be respectful of that and each other and stop judging and stop being shameful or feeling shame or promoting shame, telling people they should feel it for something that this is just who they are and what they need. And there's people out there that are happy to accommodate it. And it's, it's so important. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons that we love having you on um, two times now. Amazing. I feel so Uh, honored. Because (laughs) uh, no, we're, we're the ones who are honored, but it's because you bring so much really good awareness you know really healthy awareness to yeah. these things it, yeah exactly it's really educational really informative it's um, empowering and I too. think that is hmm. it's totally empowering and that is one of the well that is the way to eliminate these stigmas eliminate these misconceptions and if an, anyone is a regular listener to our show uh obviously that is our our core <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it is. But (laughs) you do do. bring so much information and education about topics that just aren't readily spoken about. Like we're not hearing about this on CP24. It is not in day to day conversations. And that's what we talked about last time we had you on the show is kink in general. Like it's still such a like underground industry and taboo it is taboo yep and 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 so you do bring that information out to say like hey this is way more normal than most of us realize and i I believe it like just and beneficial to the people that enjoy the kink right or express within the kink yeah and understanding that it is such a need for people like it isn't just that kind of stigma of being like ew you're weird and creepy and freaky like that's not what it is so it's important that those conversations keep happening because yeah people don't know about it so next year we'll have you on again to to make sure that this story keeps going i i want to know what do you see like in the future like obviously the pandemic and covid has changed your industry in some ways permanently like what are Mm -hmm. those ways like what do you see never going back to normal Oh boy. Um, I mean, I think, I think everything will eventually go back back to normal. Like the things that are like on the riskier end, as far as stuff like COVID transmission goes, I'm thinking of like play parties. I'm thinking of like sex clubs, like, like Oasis, which we mentioned a couple times. Okay. And by the way, I've still, I have never gotten a chance to go, which is, I'm so you will. They'll, I think they're actually aiming to reopen in the spring. I was going to I ask about that are. also. Yeah. Is Oasis I ever think. going to open again? It better because yeah. there can't be a world in which I don't get to go there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not okay. Life is too short, Jess. <laughs> I know. Exactly. I've been trying to go and then all of a sudden... The oh, pandemic the hit. So if the pandemic has totally. taught you anything, get your ass to a sex club. I know. <laughs> so... Um, Ace Allure, who we had on our show, gave us um, 
50% off coupons to get in to Oasis. And I had Hell them. Yeah. Oh my God. I found them because I was handing my nephew a book and they happened to be slide in them and he's two. I'm like, oh Luckily. my God, you can't read yet. You're like, oopsie. But I'm like, oh my God, I have this. So anyways, <laughs> I, I've been waiting to go since I got my coupon. But truthfully, we're not using the coupons. We're just going to name drop well, either Ace or Lady now. Pim. Like, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We're good friends here. with them. <laughs> Yeah, we just get to come in here. Yeah, it's just as good. Yeah, you just walk on in. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you know who we are? <laughs> we promote you, and we love you. And you don't even know. Yeah, yeah. They should be your sponsor. Yeah, I mean, you should, should approach them. Should maybe you know they should be giving you money. Yeah, I've never been to your club yet. But I'm just obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but so okay, so stuff like that, I think will take a little longer, but I think it'll all get back to to normal. Even if there's no vaccine, you know what I mean? Like you think even before a vaccine is found, it'll go back to normal? I mean, yeah, I mean, Club M4, which is in Mississauga, like just outside of of Toronto is already going back, you know, on a limited capacity basis. How are they doing this um, though? Which, like this blows my mind because I mean, that's the thing. There are there are theaters that are open. Second City is back open, um, which is a live comedy theater, you know, with a live audience and live a group of live performers. You just yeah. have to wear the mask and in limited capacities. Limited capacity and hopefully nobody yep. shows up that's not feeling well. Well, actually, I went to the movies the other day yep. with my kids. There was there literally six people in there. I don't know if that's because people just weren't going or if that's all they were allowing. Um, I ha- I didn't even know they were open, yeah. uh, but my son's friend had a birthday and the parent asked if uh, Jax could go. So it was like, sure, but I didn't even know that was a thing. So I guess eventually people will just either get sick of not having anything to do and kind of demand it and the economy like we all know that we need to go back i mean that's why the things are reopening right it has nothing to do with like it being safe for us to go back it has everything to do with the economy Yeah. yeah there's yeah as you mentioned there's no vaccine but i think um like sex workers are very resilient very very resilient um it's a very old profession yeah i was gonna say say. it's lasted through many a plague and many uh diseases so we will find a way we'll find a way to do our work yes you will um we'll find a way to continue and as i said a few times we've always been very conscious of health um and we'll continue to be and we'll adapt amazing you know so well, just talking to you again has been so amazing, obviously. Yeah, well, we were super um, curious thank you so about much. like yeah. what your world yeah. looks like now. And we're glad to hear that you're doing so well. Like, yeah, best update thank ever. you. I'm so glad you didn't come on and was like, this is shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that you didn't even like do like a pre-interview just to make yeah. sure that I wasn't yeah. like hitting rock yeah. bottom right now. You didn't even, you're like, we'll find out on the day. No. <laughs> and like, I'm actually destitute. And if you could pay me for yeah. this call, that'd be great. Yeah, I will consider this under my, like, kink concept yeah. fee, yes. <laughs> no, oh but, I mean, we laugh, and uh, some people may, unfortunately, be in those situations, so, you know, our hearts go out to them, and we are really glad of that course, you yeah. aren't, and it sounds like, for the most part, your community is, is doing well, too, so that's great. That's great news. Yeah. Way to stay healthy, guys. Yeah. 
Totally. And like any other job, you know, people, some people are struggling with, you know, certain things and, you know, we're, we have good days, we have bad days, just like literally anybody else, like, just like anybody, just like any all other the humans, worker. Because we're all are, humans. <laughs> yeah. Going back to work has, you know, its own, its own, like, um, all new stresses and challenges. Like, it's just like any other job. Um, and in a lot of ways, you know, it's a lot safer than a lot of other jobs that people have been doing this whole time and continue to go do and are going back to already. Yeah. Like it's in a lot of ways, it's has very similar risk or less so um, than a lot of other jobs. That's so fair. We're just doing the same thing everybody else we're is doing. We're all going through it. Yeah. Yes, we are. Yep. Sex workers included. We're just like everybody else we're we're we are you you all know sex workers you all know people who are sex workers you don't even know it but you know somebody who does sex work and we are all the clients too right like your doctor your frontline worker your retailer your restaurant owner all of the people they are all the clients also so it's it's They are the it's sex workers and they are the clients. And yep. we need to respect sure each other, respect each other's needs. No judgment, no more shame. Um, just just live and let live, really. Well said again, and, man. And on that note. <laughs> You're really nailing it today, Laura. <laughs> I've been working on my monologues, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, really I have a whole script off. here. Yeah. Typed out. I talk to myself in the mirror. I'm like, this is what I'm this gonna say. This is the say. time I can finally use it. <laughs> I've been trying to talk about sex workers. Yeah, this has actually just been a whole like selfish episode where I'm like, I really just want her to come on so I can talk I about can all the things my... that I want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, well, it was beautiful. in all serious. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was great talking to you again and obviously we will you talk too. again this yes. will this will not be the last time no but great please tell people where they can find you because i feel like there's a lot of people out there that probably want to talk to you too sure the place i'm the most visible as i said is on twitter so i'm at the lady pim one on twitter and i mean i've got the podcast that we mentioned a little bit the bed post podcast you can find that anywhere um and then, you know, I guess Instagram, I'm the bedpost podcast, or my Dom one is pim.lady. Great. Well, thank you so much and keep doing what you're doing. And we will keep fighting the good fight. Ladies. And we will check in with you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> see you in a year. <laughs> no, see you in less than a year. See you when Oasis opens. We'll be there. We're coming to see you. Yeah. And yeah, just so you spring. know, clearly we don't do the preemptive checking in on you so next time we check in please give us a warning if you're not doing well <laughs> <laughs> so you're at least prepared yeah. for a really dark or we'll episode be like, never mind great. We'll, we'll come back yeah, in we'll another six in another year, yeah. <laughs> no. let us know when you're doing great yeah. and we'll have a chat yeah yeah you just yeah. let us know you just contact us yeah, hilarious great. Love great, lady pim thank you so much thank you thank you, thank you. bye, bye.